We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, tonight we come to part seven in our series regarding the uproar, the lawlessness, violence, division, and spiritual warfare in our country today. Ever since the death of George Floyd by a racist police officer, Satan has taken this one thing and used it as an opportunity to ignite a war among those in the American cities. And the people are looking for answers. They're looking for solutions, but they're looking in all the wrong places. Well, tonight, Dr. Buckner will give us some solutions by getting to the root of the situation. We have to get to the root so we can truly bear fruit. So all of this and much, much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that wonderful, challenging introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. Uh, We want to encourage everybody to uh, turn uh, in your Bibles to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, and I'm going to take you through a jet tour and pull out some great nuggets of truth from this uh, chapter. And I believe uh, even though this uh, chapter is not written to us, it's written for us. And I think that's something very important for us to make note of. That it's not written to us, but it's written for us. A lot of things in the Bible we see was written to uh, different people and different churches, but we can glean a lot of truth out of uh, all of these uh, different teachings and principles. You know, uh, we've been talking about Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 through 17, and uh, talking about uh, this chapter talks about the word and uses the word root. And it's interesting that uh, the Lord, through uh, Moses, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, uses the word root uh, too. Uh, The Bible is just... uh, gearing us up and convicting us in the spirit to get to the root of the issue in order for us to bear the fruit. So I believe this chapter in Deuteronomy chapter 28 uh, is the mind of God towards um, all of us today in the midst of the crisis we're living in, the problems we're facing today, and if we take heed uh, to what God has to say in this chapter, I believe that uh, God will uh, bless uh, our family, 
bless our marriages, bless our churches, bless our community, and bless our world and America as a whole. But if we don't, you know, it does say the consequences are curses. And so uh, let me kind of give you some background uh, information on this chapter uh, as, as a means of introduction. This chapter is known as the blessings and cursing chapter. It is a chapter on the consequences and warnings. Then uh, there are going to be severe consequences for uh, our action. And so uh, this chapter is known as the blessings and the cursing chapter. Uh, and uh, we see in Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verses 1 through 14, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. I want you to take note of that and, and, and write these points down because it's very important. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14, the word blessings is used over and over and over again. Uh, make sure you take a note of that. But in Deuteronomy chapter 28, the same chapter, in uh, verses... Uh, 14 through 20, the word cursing is used over and over and over again. God has made conditional promises based upon keeping his commandments. And even though these promises are primarily speaking to Israel, there are some great lessons we can learn from all of this uh, as it applies to us today. Uh, as we keep his commandments in our lives. So that's very, very important for us to do. Uh, we have been talking about this series entitled, You Got to Get to the Root in Order to Bear Fruit. And not only does the writer of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, uses the word root, but also Moses uses the word root too in Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 18. If you look at uh, Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 18, go a chapter over, it says, lest there uh, should be among you man or woman or family tribe whose heart turn away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the uh, gods of these nations, lest there should be among you a root that beareth, now here's the fruit that's coming out of this, when we turn away from God and we start to follow other gods, which America is bombarded with gods all over the place, then uh, it says, there should be among you a root that beareth uh, bitterness, the word gall is bitterness, that's the Hebrew word, bitterness, and, and uh, wormwood. Uh, these uh, latter words in this verse is a picture of the root spreading from poison and the bitterness into the whole tree. The metaphor indicates a uh, uh, penetration of idolatry throughout Israel because of the action of the individual family or tribe that God uses to, upon his wrath upon the people. <clears throat> so we see a poison coming out of the root of people's hearts today and bitterness because they're not doing what God calls them to do. Their root is not in God bearing fruit. Their root is into 
poison and bitterness. And uh, what comes out of that is the wrath of God and the judgment of God. And people cheat themselves of the blessings of God. And they experience, we don't use the word today, uh, curses, but there are consequences that we use in the place of uh, curses. And Israel developed a root of sin in them uh, to serve other gods. It was a poison inside them, and they turned their hearts away from the only true living God and the covenant that God had made with them, and they broke that covenant. And because of that, breaking that covenant, uh, God uh, brought uh, consequences of uh, cursings upon their lives. So let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verse 1. I'm going to go through like a jet tour of this. Uh, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 1, and listen to this carefully. Oh, what great truth this has to say to all of us. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 1, God says through Moses in Deuteronomy 28 and 1, if, 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 notice how he uses that word if. The word if is based upon a consistent spirit of obedience and commitment. Verse 1, if thou shalt hearken, that word hearken means listen diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, and that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now, here is what the conditioning is based upon to receive the blessings. And I believe today the reason why uh, our world is falling apart, America, churches, uh, families, communities, because we're not listening to the voice of God, starting off in our homes, in our marriages, in our churches, in our community. And because of this, we have cheated ourselves of the blessings of God upon our lives. Men have, many men have fallen by the wayside and being that leader of the home because they're not listening to God. And they have lost the blessing and curses have come upon the family as a result of men not being the leaders that God has called them to be. Now, I want you to notice this. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 2. Notice these words. I'm not going to read every verse. Uh, like I said, this is a jet tour. Uh, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 2. Blessings. Hurricane. Blessing. Verse 28 and 3. Blessings. Thou shalt be in the city. Now, I want you to notice that from verse 3. Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. What is saying here, that if you do what God tell you to do, and you obey it. Now, you do that in Christ today, right? And he will bless the cities by which we live in, and the fields, and the country, everything. God will bless it, but because we've turned away from God, and we've turned to idolatry and immorality, which always brings the judgment of God, then we brought curses upon the city. Look at the cities today, all of the 
violence, all of the killing, all of the stealing, looting, vandalism. Look at all the stuff that's going on today. You know why a lot of that stuff is going on? Not because you're Democratic or Republican or Independent, my friend. You say, well, if everybody was a Republican or a Democrat or Independent, these problems would stop. No. It's going to stop if you are following the God of the Bible. You're following Jesus, and you're doing what he calls you to do. Remember, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so he says here in Deuteronomy 28 and verse 3, blessing shall there be on the city. How does a blessing come upon the city? People turn to God, not turn to all the craziness that's going on today in our cities. The only answer to our problems today is revival, turning back to God. Now, uh, so look at Deuteronomy 24, I mean 28 and verse 4. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 4. Blessed, use the word blessed again. He will bless the fruit of the ground. You know, we talk about all this stuff about uh, the weather and all the things need to change with Mother Nature and all that and climate change. Well, God will bless that if we turn to him because he give man dominion over the earth. But man is spoiling the earth, climate, everything like that because he's not turning to God, causing curses to come upon the climate, the you know, everything that's in the sky. Deuteronomy 28 and 5, bless it. Deuteronomy 28 and 6, bless it. Deuteronomy 28 and 8, bless it. Bless it the, in the land. Oh, those of this remind you of something, Second Chronicles 7 and 14. If we turn to God, he will heal our land. That's what it talks about, Second Chronicles 7 and 14. Now, the question is this. The big question is this. I'm going to say this and bringing this home. What is the root problem, according to Moses, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit? That's a critical question that you need to write down and make note of. What is the root problem, according to Moses, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit? Well, that problem is defined in uh, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 14. Look at that. Deuteronomy 28 and verse 14. It says there that thou shalt not go aside. Thou shalt not go aside from any of the words which I command thee this day to the right hand or the left and to go after other gods to serve them. Now, notice here, God says that the problem, the root problem is through Moses you should not turn away from the words that he has commanded. That's the problem today in our world today. We turn away from the words of the Lord, and then the consequences have been uh, we've turned to idolatry and immorality, just like the children of Israel. They say the only thing, the difference between us and the children of Israel is that we just have different clothes. But the attitude, mentality is the same. And God is judging us the same way. So in Deuteronomy 28, verses 15 through 20, you have curses being mentioned over and over and over and over again. What, what do you want? You have to make a choice. You want the blessings of God? Okay, obey. Listen to what he says. The word of God, prayer, uh, what the man of God says. 
and God will bring blessing. And then, but if you don't do that, you fall right unto, under Deuteronomy 28, verse 15 through 20. Now, Deuteronomy 28 and verse 16, he says that he will uh, there uh, curse thou shalt be in the city. Notice that. The city. Look at our cities today. Look at what's going on in our cities today. Now, look at verse 20, and then I'm done. I'm done with this. Look at verse 20, and then I want to say one more point, and I'm done. Uh, verse uh, verse 20, it talks about uh, there. I'm going to read the latter part of this. It says, well, let me just read it. The Lord shall send upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke in all that thou settest thine hand unto for to do, until thou be destroyed, and until thou perish quickly, because of the wickedness of the doings whereby thou hast forsaken me. That's that's the bottom line to it. And then one more couple more points. Look at Deuteronomy 29 and verse 18. And he mentions the word there in Deuteronomy 29 and verse uh, 18. It talks about the root that beareth gall and wormwood. So this is a problem. So the answer to the problems today, the answer is found in Deuteronomy 28 and verse 14, that we turn back to the words of the Lord. Turn back to God. That's what repentance is all about. It means matanoia, the Greek word. It means to return, about face, turn back. And that's what Israel had to do. When they turned back to the word of God, through the prophets speaking to them, revival broke out. The only answer to our problems in the cities, in our homes, marriages, families, communities, is revival. Turning back. So, my friend, I want you to say this with me. Dear Lord, I repent of my sins of turning away from your word. And uh, Lord, I turn back right now to your words and your command. Forgive me, Lord. Empower me to live by your word and obey it. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Garrett. Well, all right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And uh, we're here to pray with you. And speaking of prayer, this is a prayer-driven ministry. And we know many of you have been praying for Contending for the Faith since we began on the air so many years ago. And we greatly appreciate your prayer support. We can't do this ministry without, without your prayers. We also can't do this ministry without your partnership financially here at Contending for the Faith. We are happy to report that we're in the black and we want to stay that way. So we need your consistent prayers as well as your consistent giving. There's two ways that you can donate. Number one, simply write a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Mm -hmm. That's Contending for the Faith, 
Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, spelled T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. You can just simply go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. It's that simple, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. Well, Dr. Buckner, are you ready to go to the callers? Uh, yes, let's uh, let's uh, do that, Brother Gary. Brother Rick, are you there? I am here. Yay. How are you doing, Brother Rick? I am blessed. How about yourselves? Uh, we're blessed. We apologize for we apologize for the uh, technical uh, problems. We uh, apologize for that. Uh, so uh, we're glad that we got you on. So, uh, what's on your heart tonight, brother? Okay, I got a question for you. According to the Jehovah Witnesses, who was Jesus Christ before He came to Earth, and who was He after He came? To- when he came to earth and afterwards. And then the next part of the question is how do we biblically refute that? Well that's a very good that's a very good question. Uh, and uh, for those who are not familiar with the Jehovah Witnesses, I just want to say this that they're a cult because they deny <clears throat> all of the cardinal doctrines of the historic Christian faith, such as the Trinity, the deity of Christ, the bodily resurrection the atonement, and the second coming of Jesus Christ. So that's uh, for openers. And then um, their view of Christ before he came to the earth uh, was that he was known as uh, an angel by the name of Michael the Archangel. That's what they taught, that he was Michael the Archangel. And then when he came to the earth, he became a man, uh, no longer an angel, but became a man, according to the Jehovah's Witnesses. And then when, uh, after the resurrection, he became an immaterial uh, living spirit. So he didn't actually have, uh, have a physical body. He just manufactured those bodies just to kind of like give evidence that he was alive but he was an invisible spirit creature uh, after his resurrection. And so, uh, so they say uh, that when he went back to heaven, uh, he became uh, an angel again, uh, known as Michael the Archangel. Now, let me uh, debunk that view of them teaching that uh, Jesus is Michael the Archangel. You can debunk that from uh, two perspectives. One is uh, Colossians chapter 1, because Colossians chapter 1 teaches that, uh, <clears throat> that Christ is not a creature. He is the creator, and it tells you over and over and over, it tells us over and over and over again that all things were made by him. <clears throat> not only does uh, Colossians chapter one teaches that, but John chapter one said that he created all things. So all these chapter ones, chapter one of John, uh, you also have Colossians chapter one teaches that he created all things. And then also Hebrews chapter one teaches that he created all things because he's the creator, not a creature. It's blasphemy to call him a creature or an angel. He made the angels. The angels worshiped him. We see that in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 6. 
he commanded all the angels of God to worship him. Uh, and then the second way to debunk that is uh, Jude uh, 9. And so in the Bible, in Jude 9, uh, it says when uh, the enemy was contending with uh, Moses, you know, regarding uh, the body of uh, Jesus. Let me just kind of read that. It says, yet Michael the archangel, when contending with, uh, contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses. Darest not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. So we see here in Jude 9 that uh, Michael had to get permission to rebuke the devil. But yet, when you parallel that to Matthew chapter 4 and Luke chapter 4, Jesus didn't have to get permission. He just simply did it because only God can rebuke the devil uh, that way. So those are the, the, the two perspectives that I would say uh, that we can use to debunk that argument because it's weak and it's eisegesis of Scripture and has nothing to do with who Jesus is. Uh, it's a lie of the enemy, and the Bible says that Satan is the father of all lies. And so that's important for us to state. So hopefully that's uh, giving you a little insight around that, uh, that situation, Brother Rick. Are you there, Brother Rick? Okay, did we lose him? Yeah, it looks like we yeah. did. All righty. Cece, are you there, Cece? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, you know, to, I want to do justice to your question. Um, and what's on your what's on your heart? And I'm going to give you an assignment to do as a means of research, and then we'll discuss it next week in more detail. What's on your heart? Um, I just I just been um, just again just looking at looking at um, still just looking at preterism and stuff. That's been like that's, that's been my that's my main my main thing I've been looking at. You know, preterism. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, you so you want to you want to get a little more information on preterism? Yeah, just 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 a just a just a pinch, and then I, okay. then I just take that what I already you know learned from you, and then and then this other stuff I gather and just put that together. Okay, so the the when you when we use the word preterism, uh, this is a very important uh, uh, point that I want to raise. Uh, anytime the word preterism is used, uh, it is referring to. Uh, and, and it's, um, you know, the meaning of the word itself is referring to the past. So when they use the word preterism, it's referring to the past. Why is it referring to the past? Because it's referring to the past because the people who hold to the view of being a preterist, uh, they don't believe uh, in the futurist uh, prophecies other than the fact that uh, Jesus is coming back and, uh, you know, he's going to, uh, uh, you know, raise his, his, uh, the church up and uh, that he will bring judgment to the world. Uh, but they don't hold to um, the view of an antichrist, uh, the view that uh, there will be a tribulation period of, of uh, seven years and Antichrist coming 
and uh, Revelation 13 and all that, they would say, the preterists would say that um, everything was fulfilled uh, in 70 AD. So they, they put everything in the framework of 70 AD. And when it talks about the uh, man of sin or the beast um, in Revelation 13, they're not looking at an individual man that will come in the future. They believe that uh, he's already come uh, back in 70 AD uh, when uh, Titus destroyed the the temple, and then also uh, some of that fulfillment was with Rome and what they had did to the church and to uh, believers. So preterists uh, always, they're, they're not going to look at things like myself. I'm a historicist and a futurist. So I believe that 70 AD happened, according to Matthew 24, and yet uh, they would look at Matthew 24 as being all lumped under 70 AD, whereas I see that being a local prophecy uh, from a historical standpoint, and yet I see also in the, in the text a futurist also that uh, Jesus would come. It would be a great tribulation as the world has never seen before. So the uh, historicist uh, view or the preterist view, being the uh, past, they put everything in the past and don't see things in a futuristic perspective balance of the historicist and futurist. Everything is in a historicist framework. So hopefully that kind of gives you a little more uh, insight to it. Uh, and... Uh, Feel free to um, call again. We can talk more about it, but I tried to break it down to you the best I could. And there is a lot of people. There are uh, some people, I would say, I would uh, say that there are some people that hold to that view uh, in the church. And yet, uh, even though that view I don't agree with, uh, we should never divide over it. We can agree and disagree agreeably. And so we need to uh, learn to realize that eschatology, which is the doctrine of the last days, you're going to have some people who are a preterist, uh, you're going to have some people futurists, and you're going to have some people full preterists. Uh, you ever heard of that word before? Um, yes, I, I, that's what I was actually looking at um, right before I called before I called you. Yeah, see, a full preterist would say that everything histor is historical. They wouldn't, they wouldn't put anything in the, in the future as, uh, you know, like uh, Jesus coming back and to judge the world, a new heaven and a new earth. They would say all of that stuff happened in a historical framework. So the full preterist is worse than the preterist. But both of the views that I don't, I don't agree with them because... I don't see it uh, anywhere in scripture that will support uh, putting everything in a historical framework or uh, saying that it's already happened uh, in, in, the, in that sense. 
Well, I appreciate that because that's, that's actually the main one I've been looking at is, is full preterism. You know, I, I have been looking at preterism, but the main one that I've been looking at for a couple of weeks is full preterism. So I'm glad glad that you mentioned that because I don't I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it either. And that's why yes. I look at so much. And once I started learning about, it, I say I don't I don't agree with this. This this is this is this this doesn't square up the scripture. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, so yeah, the full preterist is is worse than the preterist. Both of them uh, is problematic, but the full preterists again would not uh, don't they they destroy prophecy altogether. The prophecy doesn't it will not happen at all. Whereas the preterists would say, okay, there's going to be uh, Jesus will come back, uh, and he will uh, rapture his church, and there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And uh, there will be the judgment of the unrighteous, and uh, you know the the you know all believers will inherit the earth. So that's what they will say. But the preterists uh, omit uh, the tribulation period with the uh, antichrist and those sort of things like that. Uh, that will be an intense period that's coming up on the earth that Jesus talked about, you know, and when you look at Matthew 24, it's a local and a future thing because he makes it very clear that he'll be, uh, you know, after the great tribulation, then we will see the son of man coming. So the great tribulation hasn't happened, but with them, they say it happened in 70 AD, the preterists, the full preterists say it, it's, 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 it's happened in the first century and it's done with. So those are the things that you need to know and people who are listening need to know as well. So do you have any uh, uh, prayer requests or anything like that? Uh, yeah, you, can just pray, you can just pray for me and my family and um, my mother, Rosa Linda, and um, just all the people, all the people in entertainment. All right. Well, let's do that. And I'm glad to be able to uh, give you some more insight on that. Uh, and uh, we can talk some more about it when the Lord says so. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You, you got it. It's a kind of complicated uh, subject matter, the names and all that, but I tried to put the cookies down on the bottom shelf for the, the you as a kid and the Lord to reach. Thank you very much. You got it. Well, Brother Gary, let's... Uh, Remember this brother in prayer around his prayer request. All righty. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing CC to get on the air tonight. We've had so many problems, and we just pray, Lord God, that you would help him with his family, bless his family, protect him. We pray for his mother, Rosalinda. We pray for um, all the celebrities that he uh, has mentioned as well over the past weeks. And we pray, Lord God, that you would just... Um, meet every need that's represented in this life, Lord God. We just thank you and praise you and give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Cece, for your call. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. You got it. All right, Brother Gary, I'm going to try to squeeze in Jermaine. Yep, hopefully. Brother Jermaine, are you there? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm here. All How right. are you doing, my brother? Oh, good, good. I, I know you guys are has difficult evening, so I'll get right into it. Uh, we can pick Thank it up you. next week, but I wanted to hear your, your thoughts on um, 
preachers who allow politicians to get behind their pulpit and have access to their their congregation because I just feel like it's totally wrong for all kinds of reasons. And usually whatever candidate they allow to speak, they never give all the, the dirty things they've done that go against what we're supposed to believe in. And it just makes me distrust, you know, people who allow that to happen at, at all. But I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it. I know we'll have to pick it up next week. Yes, that's a very good question. Well, I, I want to say that uh, I, I want to answer that from an oxymoron standpoint, a, a double uh, point. Uh, I believe that, uh, that churches shouldn't allow people, politicians to come in and to, uh, you know, preach politics. The church is uh, about preaching the gospel and uh, preaching the good news and that's what we're all about, you know, and they can listen to the news and they can, uh, you know, figure out who they want to vote for, but it should not be brought to the pulpit, uh, politics, uh, and Jesus didn't allow that in his day. He didn't allow politics, uh, and they tried to make him out of a, a politician, and Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world, and that's, that's very true, and uh, he didn't disobey the, the political rule of the day because he said, render to Caesar the things that are due to Caesar, render the things that are due to God, to God. But I will say this, that's why I say this oxymoron, I will say this, that I think it's okay to bring a politician in uh, if he's going to preach the gospel. And, and let me give you an example of, of uh, Dr. Jeffress, uh, the pastor of uh, Dallas Theological Seminary, and then D Dallas Theological, uh, the pastor of the church there. He went to Dallas Theological Seminary, but he's the pastor of the Dallas uh, uh, Church there, Baptist Church, Dallas Baptist Church. Uh, and he uh, went to uh, uh, Pence. He went to uh, his, uh, Vice President Pence went to uh, Pastor Jeffress Church and uh, he went in there and gave a testimony about the Lord and shared the gospel. Now, if, uh, and I'm for that. I mean, if a politician going to come in and going to preach the gospel and share the gospel, because I know uh, Pence is a strong Christian, and Dr. Jeffress brought him into uh, the First Baptist uh, Church of Dallas, and he came in there, and he... Uh, shared the gospel with the people and shared some good news and, and he stuck with that. So uh, I think that that is the one exception. But other than that, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. We don't uh, bring in politics to try to convince our congregation over. Uh, we preach the gospel and anybody who's lined up with our moral values, that's who we vote for. So hopefully that's helped to, uh, give you a little insight. Uh, we just look at it from the kingdom of Jesus. He talk, He preached more on the kingdom than anything else. Uh, if you want to think of one single word that Jesus preached on, other than any other word in the Bible, and it was the kingdom. And he said, my kingdom is not of this world. And they tried to make him out of political leader. And he refused to do it. And he refused to get involved with it because his goal was to preach the gospel. And that's what churches should do. And when they sell out to do otherwise, then their kingdom is of this world. It's not of Jesus' world. So that's the point I want to make.
Okay, Dr. Warren, yeah, and um, I'll let you guys know when we can pick it up next week. But I, I agree with you. Thank you for that. You got it. Well, you always have some good questions. I appreciate your questions there, and I'm sure every time you ask a question around these subject matter, I'm sure it blesses a lot of people and the answer to that, too. So thank you for that, that uh, good question, and we'll look to pick it up some more next week. All righty. All right. We got about, I'll turn it over to you, Brother Gary. And you can got about, got about a minute left here. And one yes, thing I was you wanna you wanna I, add add to that as well, Brother Gary, before you bring it up? Yeah, I had well actually regarding the preterist view, one of the things that came to my mind in the book of Acts, you know, the angels said, you know, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus will return in like manner. Well, if how did the predators deal with that? If Jesus didn't come back in seven, seven, uh, what was the date that they were, that all that past history took place in? You know, he's supposed to come back in like manner. They will see him come yeah, back. The, the, the full yeah. pred, the full predators would have a problem with that point that you're raising. But yeah, the the, the, the predators would uh, agree with it, but the full predators. Would, mm-hmm. have, uh, would have a problem. They would have to deal with that because they don't have no answer for it. They don't have an answer that. for it, right, yeah. right. But the preterists would. They would agree with that. Yes. Well, they call them partial preterists. Yeah, they call them uh, partial preterists. So the preterists, yes. and they call them partial preterists, and then you got the full preterists. Who, yeah. Like, they, they put everything in a historical framework. Right, right. Okay, well, we've come to the end of tonight's very exciting broadcast, to say the least. <laughs> we want to thank Vince, our engineer, who probably pulled all of his hair out tonight. Uh, you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program as well. It's important for us to hear from you. Your letters and cards are an encouragement to us, so please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. You can reach us at Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553. Tiburon, California, 94920. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. 